Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have a treat for you. We are going to be talking all about intimacy today. So and we have a special uh, guest today. Dr. Sadaf is going to be giving us all the information. So um, before we get started into all the good information I have, I'm going to go ahead and get started with introductions. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm Dr. Uday. I'm a board certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I own my um, primary care practice and I also own an aesthetic practice. My goal is to have my patients not only feeling good, but looking good. So let's get right to it. So we have Dr. Sadaf uh, with us today. She is a board certified OB-GYN and a certified life and executive coach for women. She's based in New York. She's a sex counselor and an educator. She helps women move past their limiting beliefs regarding intimacy and helps them find sexual confidence through coaching. So Dr. Sadaf, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Uday, for having me on. It's going to be so fun. I get a lot of questions about this um, content that we're going to be talking about today. So let's get right to it. So when we're talking intimacy, what are we referring to? Right, right. So intimacy, you know, as you know, there's so many different ways of of looking at intimacy. When, when we think of intimacy, it's really the feeling of being close and emotionally connected and supported by your partner, right? It's that feeling of closeness and togetherness with your partner, it's being able to share not only just your thoughts and your experiences, but also, you know, it can be your emotions, it can be your physical being. It's just that idea, that closeness of being with somebody that you can enjoy that time with them, right? So, and in fact, there are different ways, um, not only different ways, but different parts of intimacy that um, when we think of intimacy, it's divided into four different parts. It can be intellectual, you know, so communicating your likes, your wants, your desires, and connecting through the exchange of ideas or just discussion. You can also, um, there can be physical intimacy. So for example, like holding hands and eye contact and things like that. And um, and then there there's emotional type of intimacy. So that's where you establish your trust in a relationship through honesty, and you can share your most innermost feelings with them and even perhaps connect on a spiritual level. So there's different um, components of intimacy that we talk about, you know, not just what some people may consider just a sexual intimacy, but there's different layers to it. I was going to say that was a good point because most people, when they hear intimacy, they're thinking of the physical aspect of it. Um, So you said four. So I think I got intellectual, physical, um, the fourth one? Yeah. So the fourth one is, you know, creating time and um, prioritizing. So we have oh, experiential. So that's the creating time. So the, the four types are experiential, 
intellectual, okay. emotional, and sexual. So creating experiences with each other. This is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. So um, what would you say um, are the obstacles um, that you find that people that come to get help um, from you are experiencing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think oftentimes people fear being close to somebody or they, you know, having like these emotional ties. Sometimes culture plays a big part in it as well, right? So in terms of when we're talking about like say sexual intimacy, if you've grown up in a culture where there's a lot of sex negativity or if you grew up in a household um, or say even with your partner, right? If there's that sex negativity, it's going to really inhibit how you um, experience physical intimacy with your partner, right? Some people may think of when would they have that sex negativity, they may think of sex as embarrassing, shameful, wrong, dirty, you know, a pathology, maybe something that's deviant. And so having all of those negative beliefs around physical sexual intimacy can then relate to obstacles and, you know, our inhibitions on enjoying sexual or physical intimacy with a partner, right? And not only just physical intimacy, but some people may have had, like say, they experienced low self-esteem or have body image issues or trust issues. That can also lead to problems with connecting with somebody and having that closeness that, you know, we so desire. And also if somebody has experienced abuse or trauma, like sexual abuse in the past, of course, that may also impact their ability to experience pleasure in a relationship. Um, and of course, something, you know, if we are experiencing depression or anxiety or have something called an avoidant personality disorder, which affects about 2.5% uh, of the population, that also can inhibit people from forming these deep connections and creating that intimacy that they would like in their relationship. Gotcha. So how, um, how common is this um, of an issue, um, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's, it's very common. I have women approach me all the time about um, issues with feeling, not feeling connected with their spouse, right? So as we get older, we have so many more responsibilities that come upon our plate, right? So it's not only just taking care of the children or having a job, you know, it's taking care of everyone else. They call us the, the sandwich generation, right? So that we're taking care of our children, but we're also taking care of our aging parents. And so all of these things and all of these stressors really become obstacles for us in terms of trying to establish that intimacy and that connection with our partners. So now I'm pretty sure this is the part everybody's been waiting for. So what tips would you have to improve um, intimacy? For yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it depends on what we want to focus on, right? So if we're talking about like that experiential intimacy, then the answer to that would be like creating date nights, right? And, you know, Dr. Uday, I, what I would say is that it's also so important for us to realize um that sex and intimacy is going to change as we get older, right? Yeah. It may not look the same as when we were younger. 
And perhaps, you know, when you were younger, things were more spontaneous. But really, if you were to take a look at it, it weren't really spontaneous, right? You you planned for things. You planned for, you know, if you were going to, if you're going out on a date, you may have thought about it for, you know, a long period of time. You may have laid out the clothes that you were going to wear, maybe the perfume, how you were going to do your hair, what the lighting was going to look like, what the mood was going to be like, right? So even though perhaps in our head, we thought that it was spontaneous, it really wasn't spontaneous because we actually planned it out. And so to know that, you know, because oftentimes women will come and say, well, you know, things just aren't spontaneous. It's boring now. You know, we're so used to each other that we just don't even pay attention to one another, right? But so what if we actually created that time together? What if we created that date night together where we actually planned, where we anticipated what was going to happen, right? And so now that, you know, we're older and we may have more responsibilities, how about we get a sitter, for the kids. And, you know, we have somebody else watch the kids while we create that time that we spend together and that we actually plan it out. And maybe, you know, oftentimes women will also say like, you know, I just don't have time to have intercourse. I just don't have time for that in my life. But what if you created a date night and you knew and you already discussed it with your spouse that, you know, like at the end of that date night, whatever, what if you were going to be physically intimate with your partner? Right. And I know it doesn't sound sexy when you have to plan out everything, but right. you know, it does. It does lead to the anticipation. Right. Because then you're thinking right. about it, you're planning it. And so you already have it in your mind and it becomes a priority. Right. So oftentimes um, there's this author. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's she's fantastic in the realm of sexual medicine. Her name is Emily Nagoski. She wrote that book, Come As You Are. Right. And so she does a whole TED talk on relationships that last. And yeah. She says that one of the things that um, are an indicator if, you know, if your relationship will last or not is if you're making time for each other and also prioritizing sex in your relationship, right? Because sometimes what happens is that, you know, we say there's mismatched libido and that, you know, one partner wants it more than the other partner. But what can happen is that if we're not prioritizing sex, that mm-hmm. it, it can result in resentment, it can result in anger, and it can actually, you know, um, really be a downfall of a relationship, right? They say that it is also, um, there's a, a tool, an assessment tool that we use in sexual medicine is called the Female Sexual Satisfaction Survey. And they say that, you know, it's a 30 questionnaire, a 30 question questionnaire on how satisfied women are in their sexually satisfied in the relationship. And they say that depending on how satisfied they are, that's actually a barometer of their relationship. So it really behooves, I think, not just not just one person, right? Not just one person in a relationship, but I think both people, both persons to really make, you know, intimacy and even physical intimacy actually a priority in that relationship. That's very important. So, I mean, one of the top things is that date night. So I, I do actually talk to patients about that, it, it, you know, usually once a week at least. Wow. Um, and the other one is what gets scheduled gets done. You literally do what's important. So right. Right. get scheduled. Absolutely. You can even, you know, so it doesn't even have to be really planned out, right? Like you can even if you're just sitting on a couch with your partner, right? How do you increase intimacy? Maybe you spend that time cuddling with each other, right? Maybe it's holding hands, you know, maybe it's taking a walk outside, maybe it's doing activities together, right? So it's, 
basically creating time with that other person in your relationship that is solely for them. Right? It's, it's that one-on-one -on -one time that you have with your partner. And that's what creates that intimacy. That's what creates that togetherness, that closeness that so many people desire in a relationship. Absolutely. And I know for me, I mean, everybody's different, but mine, it has to be scheduled just because of how busy I am. Yeah. And for the date night, it has to be scheduled and we have a specific day for that. Um, so everybody can do it differently, but um, that is so important what you're saying. So um, the other question I guess I will ask is um, who's your um, ideal client? Who's the, who's the, what, what kind of issues can, can you help um, clients with? Cause I'm pretty sure people are listening and wondering what kind of issues they can come to you with. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, typically uh, somebody who is, you know, usually midlife um, for women, you know, typically women that are done with childbearing. So they could be women in their, you know, perhaps their late thirties, early forties, women that are, you know, established in their careers, but know that there is something more, right? They want something more in their relationship, whether it, it can be um, just establishing that intimacy or whether it's learning more about themselves, learning more about connecting with themselves, right? So it's intimacy, not only with another person, but it's also with yourself, giving yourself time to understand what your outlook is on relationships. And, and there's a lot of women that, um, you know, perhaps due to culture may have uh, inability, right, to um kind of explore um, their mm -hmm. sexuality. And, and so really that is the woman that um, would come to me. It would be women that perhaps experiencing experiences vaginismus, right? So I'm a gynecologist and I often see women that experience that. And so for your viewers or your listeners that may not know what vaginismus is, vaginismus is where the muscles of the vagina, so typically the lower third of the vagina, the muscles surrounding the vagina, they become tense, even with just the thought of, you know, penile vaginal intercourse, or even with anything really penetrating the vagina, right? So it can just even be a pelvic exam, it can be a speculum exam, it can be a tampon, it can be, you know, intercourse, but anything that causes penetration, uh, that then results in that, um, those muscles tensing up. So that woman is somebody that also comes to me. And I actually had a patient uh, person one time approach me and she asked um, for help regarding this. And she said that she felt like, you know, people could almost sense, you know, she hadn't been married and she wanted to get married. But she said that, you know, right when it came time for intimacy, she would tense up and she almost felt like that was inhibiting her ability to form that closeness with you know, her future spouse. And, and so that those relations would fall apart for her. So clients such as that, you know, who's looking for help with really their negative thoughts surrounding sex or intimacy, and really is wanting to change that, that is really the person that uh, often comes to me. And especially with my background in gynecology, you know, it helps that I can go over the anatomy. And then we also talk about arousal, we talk about arousal, non-concordance, we talk about orgasm, and um, all the things that, you know, they may not feel comfortable talking about with others. That is perfect. So 
everybody listening, you heard it. So I just wanted to make sure they were clear on, on what they could come to you with. And it sounds like um, pretty much a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to actually switch gears and ask um, a few questions um, about you. So I usually ask, uh, why do you do what you do, Doc? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I do what I do to empower and to educate women. That's kind of one of my uh, core values. I really, um, education to me is of the utmost importance. And I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, the way that I was raised, education for in my family was very, very important. Um, And also in my belief system, education is very important. And so it's really um, just a core value of mine to empower and educate women. And so being a sex coach or an intimacy coach, I can teach other women how to experience pleasure in their relationships. And, and it's through coaching that I do that. Absolutely. Well needed, by the way, well needed. Um, and then the second and last one is, um, what would you tell your younger self or like your 20 year old self? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, um, I always uh, wanted um, really a role model, right? So I think that going through um, medical school and looking for a role model and trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I was going through medical school. And so, you know, I was in medical school when I was in my 20s and um, and I didn't have any uh, female role models, at least, you know, none that I can really remember and none that really stood out. And so... I would tell my younger self that, you know, that you can become the role model that you want, right? That, that I had desired, that I had wanted. I had wanted somebody that I felt was approachable and kind uh, and understood my cultural values and my cultural background and, and didn't see me as an other, right? Oftentimes um, we see this in medicine where, you know, uh, you go to a physician or somebody and they look somebody, you know, like something very different than who you are as a person. You feel like that person is just not able to relate to you. And right. so I would tell my younger self that, you know, just be patient and um, and that you will eventually become the role model that you so desired. That's amazing. That's really powerful. Okay, very good. Thank you so much for sharing. So you guys, you didn't realize it was going to be this good. So thank you so much. There's so many nuggets. I can't rewatch this. Um, So that's what we have for you guys. Um, And I usually add, um, actually, where can they find you, Dr. Sadaf? Where can they find you if they want to connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So they can go to my website. My website is drsadaf.com. Um, they can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok if they'd like. It's Dr. Sadaf OBGYN on um, both of those handles. And then also I host the Muslim Sex Podcast, which is available on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And they can also find me on YouTube. On YouTube, uh, is my Muslim sex podcast um, that's housed there as well. All right. Thank you so much. So for those listening, check her out. Um, and if you're looking for a caring quality uh, primary care physician, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley. Uh-huh. 
You can give us a call at 304-350-1087. And you can also find us online at www.applevalleyfamilyman.com. We would love to help you. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Sadaf and everybody. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it. And your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week and have a great rest of your week.